Come one, come all. Another Saturday edition of the Field of 68 Best Best Show presented by our fine sponsor at Bet Rivers. I'm Matt. The other guy is Kai. The other other guy is Jim, and it's Spinny Saturdays. Get those propellers flying. Hey, some games happened last night. Let's get through the takeaways and learnings quickly because there's just a myriad of games we got to get to today. Jim, I'm going to you. What did you learn last night from the teeny tiny slate that we had? I guess the bodies are back, Matthew. Wow, just a totally mm. dominant performance. Basically, was. Fin- the final 21 minutes, we'll say. They were, I think, up one with a minute left in the first half against VCU and then went on a little 5-0 run to end that half, extended that into the second half. It was, it was, I guess, good to see them back from a, hey, good job, Bonnies. You should have been better this year, but not great for us as VCU backers, Kai. Very, very frustrating in that regard. Oh, it, well, you're welcome, Bonnie Nation. Um, I, I gave your team an ultimatum. It was the buck stops here, or VCU is going to continue their streak, and Kai's going to win a best bet. <laughs> so you're welcome. I, I, I single-handedly brought your team back to life. You had a come-to-Oregon moment. Congratulations. Sticking in the A-10, Matt, Richmond, you didn't. You mm-hmm. didn't have the come-to-Oregon moment. You failed again to cover and win an important game. Sad affairs in Richmond. We had a very nice email from a, a Richmond fan critiquing our love for Chris Mooney. It was a really funny email and a good one as well. He might be right. He might be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, guys. I Maybe. Okay, fine. I, that team has a tendency to blow leads, and that is usually uh. a reflection of poor coaching. Um, but yeah, I, God, I mean, Michael Jones could have hit 30 against the bulls last night and that dude couldn't miss. So whatever our buddy, Kevin Sweeney recently pointed out on, on Twitter that if you consistently rank lowly in luck on Ken Palm, it's probably because you don't want close games, which probably yes. translates to coaching. Like Northwestern has been bottom 10 in the country in luck for like five straight years now. And it's like, Oh, maybe that's not a statistical thing. Maybe it's a team identity thing. Fair. All fair points. Um, you know what? I don't have any fun takeaways. The Saints got it done. Nice little comeback there and pick Kipsy Kai to take down the Fox. Hey, Money lines. Sprinkles. I hope you all joined. Um, if not, well, <laughs> shame on you. There's a lot of opportunities today. I may have a few more last second from the hip sprinkles. We shall see. Wow. It's outline time, fellas. We're starting off in the SEC. Big Blue Nation hosting Rocky Top, Kentucky hosting Tennessee. Jim, the key news here is Severe Wheeler uh, expected to play today, barring any setbacks and warmups from what we've been told. And we've talked about how Kentucky just needs those four guards to be fully intact to unlock the best version of who they can be. Um, I think when they try and play those bigger lineups, it's not bode well for them in the past. What are you looking at in this matchup here against the Vols who have struggled offensively at times? Yeah, Matt, I'd say Wheeler is severely important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I I think the maybe the key part here is that Tennessee struggles against really good defenses. If you're a team that can lock them down, their offense gets stuck in the mud over and over and over again. But I don't know if Kentucky's on that level. I, I think it's a solid defensive team. They've got some good individual defenders, but as a unit, it's not as locked down as somebody like LSU or even the zone garbage that Ole Miss threw at them and gave them a lot of frustrations are hearkening all the way back to Texas Tech, just driving them absolutely mad. Uh, so I think maybe it, it's a little bit better matchup for Tennessee, Tennessee's offense. But man, home Kentucky with the way they've been rolling, I think Shebway has his normal 20 and 15 game. And with Wheeler back, the way Washington played without him, I think probably gained even some more confidence. Mintz did as well. I just like the trajectory this, this Kentucky team is on, Kai. So I, I am leaning towards Big Blue Nation here. Yeah, I can't figure out Tennessee when they zig, I zag. When I zig, they zag. So I, I've when I dip, kind of we dip, we dip. 
That's right, Jim. And, and good. That's their second straight song reference uh, on our show. So keep that going every single day. Right. Uh, Tennessee struggled, man. They're, they're one and three against the spread the last four. Their only win is against South Carolina, who's terrible. Um, and Kentucky's been on a tear to your point, but they still don't have any good wins, Matt. Uh, the best wins you didn't see on a neutral. They beat Vandy at Vandy. I'm not sure I count that as a great win, but they still need wins. And Tennessee, this is a great opportunity for them. It's going to be physical. There's great athletes on both sides of this game. I lean UK as well for the points Jim mentioned, but it does feel like one of those games where Tennessee can hang around. Yep. Jonathan Goodman just said that in the chat. This feels like one of those done Tennessee outliers. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, yeah I'm you're sure probably they can win this game outright. Yeah. Absolutely. Get all involved up for this one. No, I mean, I like Kentucky though, too. I just another one of these situations where it's two teams I feel like I'm pretty high on relative to market perception. I think the price is about right at minus five. Total is stagnated around 142. I don't have a strong take there. Um, maybe feels like an under game, just if it turns into more of a street fight. But uh, Kentucky's looking to push. I think with Wheeler back, that probably inflates the pace. So a long-winded way of saying no strong takes on side or total. Let's move forward. Lots to get to today here. Um, Big 12 is where we go next. Kai, Iowa State yeah. hosting Texas. Hilton Magic, it's been lethal this season. I guess I think Texas is a little bit undervalued right now. Um, I thought they were getting a cheap price to Oklahoma. Now, the key here for me is Trey Mitchell. Um, is he going to play? How much are you going to see of him? He was basically, a, he made a quick appearance and then was back off the court last game. Um, yeah. I think it's a key matchup against scoring against Iowa State, who on the perimeter, man, they just shut you down. You got to have different avenues to find points, and Mitchell can be a potential X factor up front if healthy and available. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's if it's Mitchell actually hurt or or out of shape or if it's Beer's decision purposely not to play him very much. He seems to be tightening up his lineups, which actually could be a good thing for Texas. I, I I know they have 12 guys who could start for anyone in the country, but he needs to figure out his rotation. Maybe he has last couple games. Um, Texas not as good on the road this year. They're one and three against the spread. They certainly have been playing better as of late. And Matt, you could argue they're undervalued, but it's also a Texas team that we. I thought would be much better to the, up to this point. So I'm not sure they're making the jump all the way to a top five team. Like most had them preseason and Iowa state at Hilton. We, we know what happens there. Hilton magic. And, and they're one and three now in the big 12, looking to get to two and three stay in the, in the heat of the big 12 race. I think the spot's perfect for Iowa state plus two is a short spread, but Jim, I lean that way. Yeah, it's going to be another one of these Big 12 rock fights. There's so many good defenses here and a lot of offenses that go on droughts, and these are definitely two of them. Matt, you mentioned Trey Mitchell's mini little cameo last game. How about Dylan Disu only playing 10 minutes? Yeah, Why are also we weird. 12 Christian combined Bishop minutes did. from arguably their two best frontcourt players. Uh, Bishop's fine, but I think your upside's a lot higher with those other two. Devin Askew yeah. played like 26 minutes off the bench. I, I don't need that. Uh, Fabers is supposed to be available for this one, so perhaps that helps. Uh, he can take some of those minutes and you can shift Jones and, and Ramey to point guard when you need to take out Marcus Carr. But yeah, man, I just am kind of like, I just don't think this Texas team is as good as we thought. And Iowa State has pretty well convinced me that they are a lot better than we thought. So I'm going to go with them. They've had two really strong efforts on the road that came up short. Uh, the Oklahoma game, they were winning some of that second half before a late Sooners turbo, and then they nearly won at Allen Fieldhouse. So I think yeah. back home they get right and, Texas just hasn't totally figured it out yet. I'm, I'm going to wait on that uh, until we really see it. Yeah. I mean, they're one in or Iowa state one and three in the big 12 so far. So it, it kind of like Kansas state where they've been close, just haven't quite gotten over the hump. Um, just still trying to find that elusive first win or that second win in conference here. You don't want to fall to one and four, obviously in conference play. So yeah, Iowa state will be hyper locked in for this one. 
Um, and hey, chat mom, you have some intel on Trey Mitchell. I know he came out with COVID protocols, but that minute counts weird to me. And the Dylan Dizu thing is also weird. So uh, we need some in- inside intel reporting there. Uh, please deliver for us. All right. Game number three here on the outline, San Francisco going out west. Our Dons, Jim, are hosting the Storm and Mormons. Key thing in this matchup is San Francisco now is about to go through the gauntlet of WCC play. Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's, as they'll see throughout the year. The big offseason change, as we mentioned before, was over to a rehauling the uh, the front line. Our boy Squirrel, Mosolski, is the key difference inside, I think. Um, so we'll see what they have with their revamped front line. Do you think they get it done today? Yeah, I kind of do, but the, the price is a lot to ask. Um, yeah, I thought it's, this would it's be down closer to like minus two, and you got to lay over a field goal with the Dons. That's too much for me. Um, not quite enough to back BYU. I, I just think, all right, fine, market. You put it roughly in a decent spot. Not one I want to get involved on either side. Uh, but yeah, I, I know the Dons are thinking about last year. We saw what they did to Loyola Marymount, a team that swept them last year. Kai clearly uh, was on the mind of the Dons. They ran away and hid in that yeah. game. They could have won by 30. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards the Dons, but I just the, the price isn't right, and I don't want to force on a giant 130-card slate. Yeah, it's a big opportunity for both teams, right? Pick up a quality win, get your name in the tournament conversation even more. Uh, BYU off that Zags loss. Perhaps they spent too much time prepping for the Zags, maybe overlooked the Dons a little bit. I tend probably not to think so there, but it's an angle you can go with if you really want to. Uh, Pope has won the battle so far, Matt, over Todd Golden. He's three and one against the Dons. This is by far the Dons' best team. Probably a slightly weaker version of BYU than we've seen the last couple of years, and mainly due to injuries in the front court. And this year, San Francisco's got that front court with Squirrel, yep. with Tape. We just saw Drew Timmy go 13 for 13 from the field against BYU, and the Zag shot 78% inside the arc. San Francisco's not Gonzaga, but those are not good numbers against a, a, a USF front court that's very good. I lean the Dons. The number sort of has me leaning towards BYU, but my, my heart says San Francisco. Yeah, my heart says the Dons as well, Kai, but my price leans BYU. I think this is an expensive, you know, to lay four against Mark Pope is, I know they're coming off that Gonzaga game. I don't love the price here if you're looking back the Dons. Another thing too, Barcelo against our guy, Jamari Buya. That's a tough matchup for Mr. <laughs> Barcelo. Um, he's a lockdown defender, and I think he can cut the head off the snake, so to speak. So good. Thing. He's good, but I think Bouye is just a, he's a game-changing defender at the point of attack. Hmm. Uh, next one here, going back to SEC country, Jim. Mississippi State is hosting Alabama, team that has had two opportunities, well, I guess one opportunity to rid the disgusting taste of losing to your Mizzou Tigers, um, but the Iron Bowl is not very kind to the Crimson. They could not get it done. They got Wendell Green fire hose right to their face. <laughs> now they've actually taken some money against some people coming in, betting the uh, the Bulldogs here in Stark Vegas. I lean the other way. I think the Crimson get it done today. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of been outspokenly a little lower on Mississippi State than others. Uh, I, I just don't think Rocket Watts is a great fit on most teams because he's looking to get Rocket Watts buckets rather than he is looking to get wins. <laughs> Um, but man, Alabama hasn't really figured out the rotation. I don't think the team has totally nailed down their identity quite yet. There's a lot of games where like one guy will play five minutes and he'll play 25 or John Gary will start and then he'll not play the next game. Like there's just some issues there that I don't think they have fully worked out. I still believe in the ceiling on that team. The guard group is fantastic uh, with Shackelford, Quinterly and Davison off the bench, but man, Kai, it just hasn't come together for them quite the mm-hmm. way we expected. 
since that Gonzaga monster performance and, and maybe that and Houston took a little bit out of him, but just haven't seen it quite yet. So I'm not willing to put my money where my mouth is on the Crimson Tide today. Yeah, the back-to-back losses were concerning. Um, after two impressive wins to start off SEC play over Tennessee at Florida, maybe at Florida is not super impressive looking back. Um, and the Tennessee performance was not great. That right, was no, the game against a team without shorthanded Fulkerson. Yeah, right. It, but Mississippi State's a team I can't figure out. I can't figure out if they're good, Matt. Their their better wins are against broken teams, Arkansas and Richmond. They missed chances to beat Minnesota, Louisville, who's not good, Colorado State, and Ole Miss. I'm not sure Mississippi State's very good either. No Tolu Smith, perhaps, again. Um, that could be pretty big against Alabama, who struggles with size. That would have been a big advantage for them in this game. Mississippi State's defense has been bad all year um, and in SEC play. And right now, Matt, through three games or so, Mississippi State is the number one offense in, in uh, the SEC per Ken Palm. I'm not sure that's sustainable at all. Um, I, I actually lean towards Alabama here. At plus two, you can get them for I think there's value. I'm kind of convinced Mississippi State's really good. I, their one lone disappointing game in my eyes the last few weeks was Mississippi, and that's just because you ran into Kermit's amorphous zone. If you play a more boilerplate, basic style of defense like Alabama does, right? they're not going to throw a bunch of tricks at you. I think that just lets Molinar go wild and pick and roll, and you just have Garrison Brooks up front. And we know this Alabama front line is not nearly as rigorous as we saw last season. So I think there's some matchup concern here for the Tide. But on a price perspective, um, I still have Alabama rated pretty highly. And I think this is, you're getting a bargain if you're catching them at two points at a dog. So if you're looking to back Bama, maybe you wait till it slides to two um, or you buy the hook to two, but no, don't rush in. Yeah. And that bet is the, close uh, the to them, like, like calling them nearly even. And I still think Alabama on a neutral court. Better team. Is the better right. team. Yeah. Um, all right. Chat mob. I assume there's a flurry, an avalanche, Jim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More, more, aval- more avalanche than flurry. We'll put it that way. More blizzard than, than a little sprinkling. Uh, start with an Ivy twofer and guys, we are in protocol for quick responses here. Yep. We're going to try to get through as many as we can. Kai, come to you first. Brown and Princeton. Princeton's definitely the favorite in the league right now, but Brown's been really, really good. And they have the most athletic team in the, mm-hmm. in the Ivy. So what do you think? If Jalen Llewellyn is back for Princeton, which I don't know, I assume he will be, but it's impossible to find information. I like Princeton minus three and a half here. If he's not back, I lean Brown. I like Brown. Matthew, you get Penn Dartmouth, a game where we should probably see a lot of points, but there's also some questions on the Dartmouth lineup as well. So kind of tough to say here. Um, yeah. How did Penn lose to Columbia? That's kind of my like quick tangent aside. Um, yeah, I just worry that in general, Penn with rest is going to be a good team in conference play. I don't want to fade Penn. All right. Fair. Uh, Kai, back to you. And you know what? We're going to Matt because I know Matt feels very strongly <laughs> about this game. CUSA, North Texas at Western Kentucky. Tops, hilltops all the way. Grant McCaslin, get this. Love him. We all do. He is two and four against Rick Stansbury. Two of those wins were in overtime, actually covers. Revenge spot off last season's Conference USA championship game. Lost to the tops. They're good. I think they get done today. Minus two. I'm against you. I think North Texas is too solid. Wow. Weave versus weave. Yep. Uh, All right. Kai from Evan Schwartz. He he thinks Ole Miss is a live dog today, hosting Auburn. Auburn off that big performance. Ooh, I like this angle. Iron Bowl. This Auburn angle. is very much the national darling right now. Can you get there? No, um, I don't. Jarko Joyner is not going to be back, so I, that's concerning for Ole Miss's offense. Fagan left last game late. Yep. He might not be totally healthy. So you have a shorthanded Ole Miss team against a team that's 
arguably the best team in the country currently, the way they've been playing. I'm staying fully away. A nine-point spread. I know it seems big at home, but it's Auburn, and they've been awesome, and they have an advantage everywhere on the floor. So I'm staying away in this game. Um, Matt, no thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point where it's like, is Auburn really just invincible? Which that's probably the point where you want to fade a team because sure. like, yeah. how, how good can they really be? Right. But man, uh, it's hard. It's a hard ask for Ole Miss here with Robert Allen out for the year and now no Jarkel Joyner. That's like mm. two of their top six guys. Yeah. Yeah. Kermit's uh, magic can only go so far. His like zone and deception can only go so far. You got players. Yep. Players matter. Matt, staying in the SEC, one that probably was a, a near cut for the outline but Arkansas hasn't been that good. So that's that's why they didn't make it. Alex Riggs, Arkansas headed to LSU. No Eric Musselman, likely no Xavier Pinson for the Tigers. Relatively uh, sizable spread here, laying a touchdown for LSU. What do you think? I think the price is about right. Um, yeah, obviously, we're still trying to figure out what Arkansas is at this point. We don't really put a lot of stock in the win against Missouri. No offense to either of you. Um, so I think the it. price is right. And certainly don't trust Arkansas on the road. But uh, the Pinson factor is notable, Jim. I think if he was playing, I'd probably lay the points, but can't do it without Pinson. Yep. LSU 10-0 at home against the spread. They Decent. are a juggernaut Not terrible. There. Yep. Uh, Kai, from Harry R., one that you and I clashed a little bit on, but we, we talked through it and we, we kind of settled it. Yeah. Wright State headed like to adults. Youngstown State, the Penguins hosting what we thought was the preseason favorite here. Yeah, um, and they're up there somehow in the standings still, despite their weird play. Uh, yeah, Jim, I saw plus two for Wright State, and I was like, this is a freaking lock. And then you pointed out to me so astutely that I saw in a box score earlier, and I just forgot about uh, Wright State was down two starters last game. A.J. Brown, Trey Calvin, that's big. Youngstown State's not terrible. I think they're super overvalued in the market, and I've done well fading them this year. But with Wright State down those guys, with how weird they've been playing, it's not a bet I want to make. Yeah, I mean, they almost maybe should have been beaten by Robert Morris last game. Yeah, and Robert right, right. Morris is much worse Bad. than Youngstown. Um, Calvin just matters a ton for them. They don't have another point guard on the roster. So yep, I think huge. without him, that's that's really huge. tough. Uh, Matthew Hofstra, Delaware. I believe there is some, some word that Zach Cook's probably not back for the Pride today. Yep. Uh, what, what do you think? You think the Blue Hens are the spot at home? Uh, more curious about James Butler's situation. Um, Big, big guy. Drexel sorry. Teams. sorry, Drexel. I'm looking at that. So really wire my mind here. Um, Hofstra got Brits got blitzed by a thousand last game. Delaware picked off Drexel, but that was without James Butler. So I think that was kind of inflated Delaware's performance, even though we all had that winner. I think there's a lot of points in this game. I like the over. Interesting. Over. <laughs> love, love, love the surprise total take there. Uh, Kai, th- this is one where I think the way the teams have been this year versus my preseason expectations are at major odds in the ACC Wake Forest at Virginia, mm-hmm. pretty short spread, basically saying these teams are equal. Do you think that's crazy, or do you think uh, one of these is is better than the other? Yeah, I'm not ready to buy that Wake Forest is equal to Virginia. I know they're kind of a sexy pick. To, like People think they're awesome. I'm not sure they're awesome quite yet. Um, three and a half spread feels about right. I've seen a lot of people like Wake today, um, which might be the right side, but I won't be playing this game either way. Pack line yeah. is a kryptonite to wake, in my opinion. They got to go to the rim to score conficially. You, you make a few jump shots, I think it's a good good recipe. I, I think Wake can shoot a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite on board with that take, man. I'm pushing back against team. you. Um, uh, they're right. a rim team, Jim. They're a rim team. It's a rim Wrong. Team. All right, a twofer from the Valley here. Matt, I'll go to you first. Missouri State. No, you know what? Kai gets this one because he saw Valpo play live. So Kai gets the honor Ooh. of 
talking Missouri State and Valparaiso in this one. We don't know if Trevor Anderson will be back. The crew, yeah, the Beacons almost like Crusaders. Oh boy, the Beacons point guard. What do you what are you thinking here? Hey Matt, Wake Forest twenty nine percent from three in AC play. You might be onto something there. Maybe regressions it's bad coming. Regressions coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I once that Valpo Loyola game. Valpo is tough. Like they defend their asses off. I was super impressed. No, Trevor Anderson is is also bad for Valpo scoring. Hence, I like the under in this game. Um, I think Valpo can put up a fight physically with guys like Prim, um, guys like Mosley, and make this kind of an ugly game. Now, if it goes to overtime or double overtime, like against Loyola, the under is is worthless. But I think uh, Missouri State probably gets it done on the number. Uh, Valpo keeps it close-ish and ends up losing in regulation with the under. I like the under there too, Kai. I, I think Valpo is a pretty solid under team with Anderson out. Yeah. Um, and it just looks bad because they didn't get the under last game, but yeah. it was a clear, great bet. It won in 45 minutes. So yes, it did. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, your Valley game is Northern Illinois, or excuse me, Northern Iowa at Southern Illinois. Too many directionals in this one. Uh, what do you got? Um, I like that Southern Illinois is getting closer to fully healthy, um, but I know Trent Brown, one of their key guards, is still limited minutes. I we're like almost getting to, to the full version, the preseason version of Southern Illinois, which we all thought very highly of. Um, but I think the price is about right here. It's what close to minus one, minus two, shading toward you and I. I probably lean Salukis, um, but again, I don't know if I trust my number because I know they're not quite fully healthy, fully intact relative to where I have them priced. Yeah, I like both these teams, to be honest. So hard, hard for me to get strong. Yeah, I agree side. with that. Yep, fair. All right, right back to you, Matt. Your boys at Oakland, they have been excellent this year, probably emerged as the, the, the favorite in the horizon as things are going right now. They're headed to Purdue-Fort Wayne, team that can shoot against the zone. Yes. That, that team is loaded with shooters. Do you think that keeps it close, or does Jamal Kane just absolutely dominate this game? So that's going to happen. That's a given. The question is, can the Dons, the, uh, the Mastodons, of course, making up shots. And I love this offense when it's going. And I think they've seen the zone before, right? Played against it twice last year. I believe they scored pretty efficiently. And they're kind of good at home. They, they play in the Coliseum this year. The Mastodons do. And, and Coppin talked about how it's a huge home court advantage. I think they actually have some value here catching a touchdown. Interesting. I, I would have liked it a little higher than this for, for Fort Wayne. Oakland's been so, so good. So good, right? All right, Kai, in the America East, we saw Vermont just absolutely turn into a flamethrower against mm-hmm. Stony Brook. Now they had the UMBC, who is definitely known for their uh, their offense over their defense. And we don't know about Darnell Rogers' status. Sounds like he's probably still out for UMBC. Came back last game, right? Oh, he did, he did play up? last game. Yeah. yeah. Huge he actually was really good, too, surprisingly. That was sort of a, whoa, look what's yeah. happening here. All right. Well, then can you can you fade the the favorite here? Uh, I don't really want to, but this is a pretty big rivalry game. These two teams have tended to play close anecdotally the last couple of years. I didn't actually look up that stat, but I, it always seems like UMBC is taking shots at Vermont, vice versa. I don't think Vermont's going to hit 19 threes in this game again. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm leaning towards UMBC at plus eight here. Um, I, I think it's probably a good spot for them to, to get right after some early struggles. Yeah, fading 98.1.5 point per possession Vermont seems like a decent Play, yeah, they, no. yeah, they scored 1.53 points per possession. Yeah, like Stoney, which is nuts. Huh? Uh, huh? All right, let's do two more before we get back to the outline. Uh, Matt from Austin Rayleigh, Furman at Chattanooga. We don't think David Jean Baptiste will be back maybe at some point this season, but they certainly struggled without him losing to Western Carolina. Oh, don't do that. 
Makes uh, no Furman, sense. Furman is ready to step in and assert their dominance, but D'Souza could yeah. be a problem for Furman inside. Uh, it could be a huge problem. Um, we've seen Furman be ripped to shreds up front, but Furman can, you know, they can play that to their edge on the other end of the floor as well. I think both teams score efficiently. I think the pace ticks up a little faster than what the market has priced in right now on Kempom. I like the over more than either side. The over worries me because Jean Baptiste is out. And I think Same. you saw that in the Western Carolina game. Um, Hurt their offense a little bit. Yeah. I almost took Furman in this game, but Jim, your point, D'Souza, he's going to have 20 and 15. Yep. Yeah. And I, I almost took the uh, the over, but no, John Baptiste last game, they looked like a mega under team without him. I think that's, that's vital. All right, Kai, your last one before we leave or, or before we head back to the outline, at least uh, from Austin Rayleigh, Bellerman versus Lipscomb in the A Sun. I have made fun of Lipscomb's defense multiple times this season. Asajula is unstoppable inside, but they can't stop anyone themselves. Bellerman runs one of the prettiest offenses in the country, all, all kinds of passing and cutting. And Dylan Penn had like 38 on 22 shots last yeah, game. Man, I don't, I don't know what you do with this one. I think Bellerman could score 90. Yeah, I'm leaning Bellerman. Um, Lipscomb hasn't been as good with Asajula in the lineup as I was hoping they would be. They've been a lot better for sure, but not nearly you, as you good. You can't as lose at Central Arkansas this year. No, terrible. Um, I'm leaning Bellerman here, who, no offense to uh, Lipscomb's coach, uh, Acuff, but I think Bellerman's a better coach team, and they run the better stuff, and Lipscomb can't stop anybody. Yeah, I, I think Acuff's a great coach, but he hasn't figured out the defensive end of the ball. That's that's no. for sure. Personal uh, limitations, I says. Well, who brought in those personnel, Matthias? Ah, oh, no, like and I'll shoot it though. Yeah. All right, Matt. Let's go back to the outline. We got some other big games that, that we're asked about, so we'll be able to hit them here. Yeah, we start off in the Big East uh, with Marquette hosting Seton Hall. DePaul, who just dispatched Seton Hall, although Seton Hall put on a pretty monstrous comeback, almost stole one there late. I think Kai sets up for a pretty good bounce back spot here for the Hall, mm-hmm. going to Marquette just a short trip up north from Thursday. So. While Marquette's been great at home, we've been hyping up the Marquette home dynamic. I think it's not going to be as strong here given the short travel and the spot for Hall. What are you looking at? Yeah, they need a bounce back. Uh, Seton Hall's two and three in the Big East. and Two straight non-covers, um, a loss to DePaul of all teams. And Marquette's won three straight, including against DePaul. Transitive property there. Uh, they're still right in the hunt for, the, for an at-large bid, actually, Marquette, which is surprising after that 0-4 start. Uh, as good as Quoth and Igodaro have been, I don't think either stacks up to Obiagu, Samuel, Yetna, that, that combination, um, that's an advantage for Hall. I know Marquette plays super physical. I've talked about it on the show multiple times, but I think that's an advantage for Hall. And both teams have long wings and guards. Marcel Lewis, Jones versus Roden, Kale, Richmond. That's an awesome battle. Kolak versus Aiken. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The spot, though, Matt, I agree with you, says Seton Hall, even with Marquette at home. You're basically with minus one. You're asking me if Seton Hall wins this game. I think yes, they do. I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of with you. If Seton Hall had wiped out DePaul I, the way yeah. Providence had, I would have been like, all right, time to step in on Marquette here. Um, the line in that Providence game flipped to Marquette as a favorite. This one has not flipped over to Marquette as a favorite. Yeah, it stays uh, stubbornly staying with Seton similar, Hall. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with that. Uh, I think Aiken's going to have a big game. I do love Kolek, but I, I don't know if he's like the lockdown defender against the speedster that Aiken has really emerged into. I mean, Matt Layton, that DePaul game. He, he just took over. It was insane. The rim yeah. At layup, will. layup, layup. It was a crazy. Yep. Right. We talked about how I, my issue with Seton Hall in general is I think they're overly leveraged on how well Aiken plays, but when he plays really well, they are, it lifts their offense to a new level. And Seton Hall's defense, by the way, let's not abandon, like Bad. they're still really good. Why is it so bad right now though? No, 
I mean, the, look at the Yukon thing. They shot under 40% from inside the arc and shot 14 of 23 from three. Like, I, I think they That's still great. know who they are defensively. The bigs are now healthier. I, I still believe in the, the structure that Kevin Willard has there on the defensive side. So I do lean Hall as well. Uh, no bargain. I think I was expecting Marquette to be around pick or a slight favorite, but I think if you got to pick a side, you're going Hall. Um, all right, we're going to Big 12 country, Jim. The Octagon of Doom in Manhattan, Kansas. The Wild Kittens, the Purple Kitties, Kai, as we call them, is hosting the hottest team in college basketball? Question mark? No, I think it's no just question a, mark. It's not even yes, debatable. It's, it's def- not even close. Yes. <laughs> Talking about Texas Tech, for those of you who uh, didn't solve that riddle. It's a short spread, Jim, and it's been coming down. The Sharps are buying the hype home spot for Kansas back State, up. who's been close. It's been back up. So some tug of war we're seeing. A little, little bit back up, yeah. To five. Kansas State, Jim, close but no cigar. Last three conference games. Do they pull one out here or does Texas Tech keep it going? Man, it's the spot of all spots if you believe in yeah. such things with the run that Texas Tech is on and maybe a look ahead to Iowa State because they've been more of a top 25 team. And if there's anybody you kind of look past in the Big 12, it's probably K-State. So, man, the Purple Kittens should be all over this one. But I just think Texas Tech's been unbelievable, and I don't really want to get in front of it right now. The way that they defended lately, like their last eight games, I've said this on multiple shows. I've tweeted about it. This is a Jared Burson stat from ESPN. Eight straight times they've held their opponent to their lowest points in the paint in the entire season, and that's including some really, really good teams like Kansas and Gonzaga. They do not let you get easy buckets. Kansas State's going to have to hit shots here. I just think the length, the versatility, the intensity that they defend with it has has blown me away, to be honest, Kai. So despite the great spot, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, I thought the Texas Tech letdown was coming against Oklahoma State, and that was could be, couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, yep. This team's for real. The defense is unbelievable, and they're doing all this without their best player, Terrence Shannon. He might be back today, and maybe it's a thing where he, he upsets the – back. I believe he is back. back. Maybe he upsets the apple cart and it's like, hey, we had this good thing going. And now you throw a guy who's expecting to be the alpha coming in. And maybe that messes with chemistry a little bit. I tend to think not. I think Texas Tech's pretty solid in that realm. But K-State's 0-4 in the Big 12. And three of those losses are by three points or less. Like, they're not bad. And they certainly need a win. And the octagon of doom, Matt, like you mentioned, that's a tough place to play. Maybe they catch the Raiders napping. I'm not looking to fade Texas Tech quite yet, but I buy the spot. And I, I, and I respect your K-State take if that's who you're on today. It's funny. I like to reference fan forums on this program occasionally. If you look at some of the Twitter fan forum comment, there's not a fan base in the country who resents their head coach more than K-State and Bruce Weber. Um, I just, again, I, I would remind you to look at how well you guys have competed this season. I think he's done a great job with what he has this year, and they're trending in the right direction. Just wait for it, K-State fans. It's coming. Yeah, Maybe today's the day they break through. Lineup limitations earlier this year, too. So Yeah, I, they're a solid team. Well-coached. Uh, Got to make shots, though, as you always do against Texas Tech. All right, next uh, game, Matt, ACC. Matt, before, we, yep. before we move yep. on in the ACC, Seton Hall Marquette, Kansas State, Texas Tech, they're both at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And there's a, a quick request that we should hit the other two that are tipping in 15 minutes. So I think we should. Let's do it. Um, from Andrew Carr, Creighton at Xavier. This one is tipping shortly. Man, I think home Xavier gets a bounce back here after the uh, the Villanova thrashing. They, they almost got back into it. Kai, any extra thoughts from you there? Do you think Creighton on the road has, has been decent as a young squad? But, man, I, I like the spot for Xavier. Yeah, it feels like a Xavier game, especially off loss. Centos Center has still been incredible. Um, they just had a tough shooting night against Villanova. So I, I lean Xavier. Creighton hasn't played in a bit because they're COVID issues. So that's another advantage. 
Uh, Matt, Northwestern headed to Michigan State as the other early tip here. Northwestern's going to be without Pete Nance. Man, that is monstrous here. Uh, Michigan State barely got out of Evanston with a win. Is this one a little more comfortable for them? Man, I don't like coming back under, Mr. McKeon says. I don't yes. mind that take. I, uh, I lean Sparty, Jim, but um, obviously Northwestern competed, like as you mentioned, against Sparty at Welsh Ryan. I worry that on the reversion back to East Lansing, they compete again. But uh, I think the price is right for Sparty. If you believe in this Michigan State team and you think Northwestern is a fraud, then I think you take Sparty here. I don't think they'll stay close without Nance. He's very important. Yeah. I'm they rely kind of, on him. I think H, I think- yeah, H cheap. H cheap. All right. Um, yeah. Back to the outline. Matt. Let's, let's hit Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Yeah. ACC country. I know everyone's excited to talk ACC hoop. Just a, a murderer's row of teams out in that conference. Although two teams here that I kind of like, one a little bit more than the other on a relative fashion, the Hokies are hosting the Irish. Jim, in general, the Irish, Kai, that's right. Virginia Tech's been kind of a house of horrors for some teams in the ACC historically. They have like that weirdly steep um, carom like fan section, the like jack-o'-lantern type lighting. I've always felt like it's a team. It's so odd. It's, It's odd to watch. As a Duke fan, I hate when Duke goes there. Um, I think they're good at home, and this is a matchup that they think they exploit. Not a, abundant of athletes for Notre Dame. I think it sets up well for Vodtech to do what they want to do in the half court. Yep, I fully agree. I think this is Virginia Tech's game where they're sitting at 0-4 in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, our guy Stucky pointed this out on our action show that this is like the ultimate buy low, sell high with the way Notre Dame has been playing and the the, the down in the dumps that Virginia Tech is. Whereas, you know, this is, yeah, like an 0-4 ACC team is laying six against a 4-1 ACC team. Like that should raise your eyebrow a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the Hokies mm-hmm. kind of smash here, Kai. Yeah, Notre Dame's won six straight. They've covered three in a row. Um, but they are a better home team. They're, they struggle on the road. And that 0-4 mark for Virginia Tech, man, that is a lot of motivation. Not unlike Kansas State, except this time they're a seven-point favorite. Might seem pretty high, but... They're capable of covering the spread. Notre Dame's offense, Matt, has been humming because of Blake Wesley, who we've talked about a couple times. He's a star. He's averaging 20 points per game over his last three. A little inefficient, but he's just a guy that can get his own shot anytime he wants, and that's something Notre Dame has lacked since their other good guards way back when. He's also the highest-used player in the ACC, which I did not realize. He's literally number one in usage. Uh, Wild. Uh, Botech's offense needs to get going. It's very jump-shot reliant right now. They don't really attack the rim. I think they get it done here at home in a in a must win spot in a must statement uh, game spot. Yeah, they haven't had a matchup where they're two bigs, Aluma and Mutz can get going. I mean, NC State was supposed to be it, but that was off the COVID pause. Duke, they were just too athletic up front. I think this is the matchup where Mutz and Aluma get going. They start with that inside out balance, and then the shooters kind of fill in the edges there once uh once Notre Dame's defense collapses. Lean Vatek, but again, set the touchdowns a lot for a conference game, especially with how well Notre Dame's been playing. Uh, hey, fun little mid-major till here. I have a hot, hot take in this game, Kai. Ooh. Belmont hosting Murray State. Um, we talked about how the OVC is basically the haves and the have-nots within the college basketball ecosystem. Three, well, sorry, two awesome teams, one really good team, and then the others are just horrible. Speaking Finally, we get the two really good teams. Speaking of which, before we, before we hit the two good teams, I have a Go. quick trivia for you guys. Can you name the fourth-ranked team in Ken Palm in the OVC? Tennessee Tech. Kai? SIUD. I mean, wow, really great guesses out of you guys. Tennessee Tech is 270th, they're fourth, and SIUE is 273rd, they're fifth. So well oh. done. These cool. sharp fellas, they're studying their numbers. I love it. This is all we do. 
I should have had the uh, the spectacles on today for for spinny spectacle day. Um, but Kai Belmont, they're laying six and a half to Murray. Have you seen yeah. Murray? They're like a bunch of NBA players. They beat Memphis yeah. at Memphis. It's a good team. I know Belmont's awesome, but six and a half is too much. It's a little higher. Yeah, awesome matchup. Two OVC powers. Um, I think these two teams are closer together than the spread indicates. Um, definitely looking forward to KJ Williams versus Nick Musinski. It's a great battle. Matt Belmont's kind of had Murray's number last few years. They're five and two against him. Uh, last mm-hmm. three seasons, swept him last year. Murray wasn't nearly the same team last year. Um, both teams obviously very up for this game. This is this is each team Super Bowl within conference play here. Six and a half. I, I take the value. I, I lean towards Murray. Same. I think the the price is right for Murray State. They have the athleticism edge. Uh, Belmont's great. The execution is incredible. And we love Casey Alexander, Matt, because he's like the first coach we've read a quote that didn't sit there and just whine about COVID. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we got it. It happens. We had it last year. We'll deal with it. It's, it's not a big deal. Every other coach is like, oh my God, the sky is falling. What do we do? We're so play well. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> so big tip of the cap to Casey Alexander for that. I, I've just been waiting for a coach to actually be rational about it. Um, that said, numbers too high. I think the racers, their athleticism mentioned they're, Roughly equal on, on talent and everything here. So I, w- I would say the number is right for Murray. I think the concern here for Murray is you have, other than KJ Williams and Tevin Brown, the rest of the roster is mostly new guys. And the first time you see that Belmont offense, it, it's just tough to prepare for the backdoor action. I think you kind of, I'd like a little more continuity on this Murray roster, but last year they didn't do shit. They were completely, it was just wasn't competitive. So, um, all right, it's all we got, Jim. Outline complete. Chat mob, round dose. Oh boy, we got him. Let's go quick hitters here, fellas. Uh, from Jay Rush, Kai, we'll go to you. VMI at the Citadel. We got the Duger Balcom Bowl playing his old school now with his new one. Should be a lot of threes going up in this one. What are your What are your thoughts here? Yeah, um, guys. What's weird is this matchup. I think over the last sixteen games or so, it's four and twelve to the under, uh, which is very counterintuitive. My my assumption here is totals are just sky high usually because the teams play so fast. Yep, and they just don't quite hit them for whatever reason. But if you like those type of trends, it's kind of interesting. Both both coaches have been around for a while. Um, on the number here, I don't quite buy Citadel. Still, I, I know they had a comeback against UNC Greensboro, but um, I, I think VMI is a better team. Really short spread, probably lean towards VMI. Yeah, I kind of like VMI too. I think this is a, a good spot for them. Uh, Citadel coming off that crazy, crazy comeback. All right, Matthew from Brandon Gilden out west. You're the Wazoo. The Wazoo. The Wazoo's. Taking on Cal. Uh, anything for you on this game? Don't take a drink as I'm talking to you. <laughs> Sorry, I got to caffeinate up before I get my scorching hot lightning bolt take here. Because I like okay. the under. So that's the womp womp there. Mm-hmm. I think it's ugly game. Oh. The immovable object meets the immovable object. Front lines with strength of both teams. Low scoring. Fair. I buy that. Wazoo hit some crazy shots in the first half against Stanford, but then that one stayed comfortably under. Yeah. So. A winner for Mr. Kai. There you go. Uh, all right. From Jay Rush, Kai in the horizon. Cleveland State couldn't quite get it done against Oakland. Now they've got Detroit on tap. Do they do they keep Antoine Davis in check? No real feel for this game, Jim. Cleveland State's been a little iffy lately. Um, barely covering games, barely winning games, not covering games. Um, I'm staying fully away. Six and a half. Yep. That, that spreads right. Move on. All right, Matt, I kind of like a side here. I'm curious. I don't actually know where you land on this one. From Eric Braun, Nevada headed to Air Force. We just saw Nevada lay a big egg on TV. Basically, I think it was national TV, Fox Sports 1. 
Now they take on the air troops and the air troops should be healthier. What do you got? My number likes Nevada, but like the air troops have just been awesome. No matter who plays for them the last few games. So uh, 11 day break. I got to think they're well-prepared um, again, the inside interior advantage that the packs should have, it didn't really play out. Like I thought it would against Boise. They were completely inept defensively. I guess I lean air force just gut wise, but I think it's just, I'd like to be in like 10 Jim. Eight's a little too low for me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I like air force, man. I think the team's just been better than we've given them credit for this yeah. year. And now they should be full strength. You should get octave and Mormon back. Uh, AJ Walker as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm an, I'm an air troops man here. I won't disrespect the troops. Kai, another one out West. You saw Oregon have their come to Oregon moment. They got the big win. Sure did. And now they're taking on the other LA school. Do they make it a twofer? I'm not sure they went out right, but I think they keep it close. I, I, I think that was a turning point for them. Um, six and a half, six and a half points is probably a little lower than I was expecting given their market value previously to previous to the UCLA game. Um, but I still think they can hang around in there. Uh, USC, I think, Matt, if I'm remembering correctly, absolutely blew the doors off this team last year. Like, it wasn't even close. I was on Oregon, I'm pretty sure. Yep. yep. Oregon's got a little more size this year to combat uh, the USC interior. I think they stick around. And USC does not have Mr. Mobley. Kind of a difference. And they don't have to have the other Mobley. Yeah, Evan Mobley is pretty good. All right, we've still got, like, 15 games. So we're going real, like, quick, quick. One to ten words here, guys. Um, Matt from Captain T90 FSU at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. Uh, I like the Knolls. Uh, Leonard Hamilton's actually been pretty good against the zone historically, by the way. Interesting. I link you. Kai, two in the A10. Dayton at Duquesne. I'll go to Matt for the other one. Uh, lean towards Duquesne. I think they're getting better. Yeah, young Agreed. team. The, the, the young guards are growing up. Matt, you get Fordham at SLU. Fordham just lost Antonio Day for the year. Does that make the Bills the play? Yep, SLU wrecks them off the Arch Baron loss. Uh, I think they run circles around that defense. Fordham, I'm still not buying completely. Horseshoe up ass, bullshit win against Duquesne. I'm still bitter about it. Sorry, done. Yep, like SLU and probably even the under too. Uh, Ryan A asked about Rice and Marshall. That will be my best bet game. And I'll just spoil it. Screw it. Over. I think there's a ton of points. Both teams had, are coming off a, a slower game. Marshall just played North Texas. They're going to be anxious to run. I think this one is up and down, up and down, up and down. High number at 161 and a half, but I still like the over. All right, Kai, another game with a ton of points. Matt Akers, Oral Roberts at UMKC. Oral Bob games have been shootouts. Do we see another one? Uh, I don't know about a shootout. I, I don't think you can have a shootout with UMKC. Uh, I'm leaning towards Oral Roberts, minus four and a half. Um, I don't think uh, Alec is going to be back for KC. He seems to matter. It's a long-term thing. Yeah, he's out, I think, today. All right, Matt. In the whack, Tarleton at Grand Canyon. Tarleton, we like them as a dog, but they didn't get it done last game. No, I'm worried they crack again here, which is such a short bench, and these long, weary West Coast trips could take a toll as the season progresses. But I like him today. I think that's a cheap – you're getting a, a pretty good price here. Yeah, they got screwed by foul trouble last game. Like they they were buried. Yeah, small barely played, and one of the other guys didn't play much in the second half because they were just rotting with fouls. Yep. Uh, Matt, back to you from Matt Marquardt, because I know you like this team. Stephen F. Austin at Sam Houston State. The old Southland battle now taking place in the WAC. Like Sam Houston here. I'm sorry, uh, SFA here. I like to fade fade Sam Houston. Got burned by a last game against Lamar. I think this is a tough spot here for... um, the Bearcats go Jacks. 
right, Kai from Ryan Abramowitz, West Virginia at Kansas. Man, Kansas hasn't played a good game in a little bit. West Virginia typically battles with them, though. Big coaching matchup here. What do you got? Yeah, the spread, 11 and a half. Feels a little bit high. Uh, West Virginia has not been the team that we really thought they'd be this year, though. Um, I'm, I'm fine sitting on the fence in this one. Yeah. Under. Yeah, no take, totally no in that way, there. too. It's a yeah. pretty high number. Uh, Matt, UAB, they murder everybody. Do they also murder Florida Atlantic today? Now, the last two games, I've they've had uh, looked looked mortal. They struggled uh, first half against FIU, um, and then they blew the doors off FIU second half, and then they lost to Rice before that. I do kind of lead FIU. First- 10 minutes against FIU and then they I thought they were up but whatever point is UAB is not like they found their water like they're priced where they should be they're not like the rocket ship anymore I like FAU a little bit but um I don't know I don't love them UAB at home is a complete juggernaut they're close to LSU at home I I, I don't have any interest in getting away that uh Kai another team that is better at home Maryland they are hosting Rutgers who stinks on the road do we like the Terps yeah pretty simple angle there but yeah i'd lean towards the terps basically because of that (laughs) all right we mentioned tennessee tech earlier as the fourth best team in the ovc matt they're on the road at ut martin team we think is on the rise a little bit anything for you here we like martin door martin door slightly i have them favored martin door is a really deep cut yeah it's like a national brand that's like a st louis (laughs) advertisement yes Uh, tennessee martin's who i like tennessee martin (laughs) uh matt your dukies Graham Haynes asking about NC State being highly motivated there. Does it matter against Duke? Um, no, NC State hit some wild, wild shots last game against Louisville. I, I think Duke smacks them. There's no resistance up front. NC State can provide to Duke's just monster athletes. So, no, Duke by 15 to 17. Yeah, I think Duke Duke big there too. Uh, Kai, I, I'm going to take this one because I like it. Loyola Chicago at Indiana State. I think we're getting close to healthy Sycamores today. Loyola Chicago has not been sharp but perhaps they will be this time, but I like the Sycamores at home getting Agree. almost 10. I think that's a really good team and it's going to be tough to blow them out. Fully healthy. Yes. Love that team. Yep. Uh, Kai from Al Studer, the, the stew cast Utah Valley at Cal Baptist tonight. Cal Baptist. We know for sure. Not going to have Taryn Armstrong. That's trouble for them. Yeah. For that reason, I'm leaning towards Utah Valley. Cal Baps lost to Dixie state and Chicago state. I mean, Wolverines. Uh, that's so yeah. bad. <laughs> UVU has injury issues of their own, but boy, that's that's no bueno. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. All right, Big 12, Matt. Oklahoma headed to TCU from Ryan A. Um, man, I, I think both these teams are just solid. I, I got nothing here. I agree. I lean TCU. I think they should be a little bit or a small favorite and Marcus leaning toward Oklahoma. So you got to play some, you got to play a side here, go with the Horn Frogs. Okay. Uh, two for from Matt Winnick. Kai, we'll start with you. UTSA at Charlotte, man, I think we are on the same side here. Yeah, Charlotte's going to blow them out. I think they can name their number. Three starters um, are, are no longer with UTSA. One's no longer with them. One's injured for a long time. One, I'm not sure. Maybe he comes no, back. Ali's academically ineligible. Oh, he's academically ineligible. And Ali, Ali Curry, gone. So prep code, I think protocols. Yeah, they're yeah. they're toast. Yeah, they're. I think you, Charlotte names a number. Charlotte's playing a little faster lately. I think that yeah. makes them better as a favorite. Uh, yep, Matt. Big one in the MIAC, Norfolk State at Howard. Howard has emerged into the favorite per analytical oh, rankings, which is shocking. Um, they're they're lane four to Norfolk here. Lane two, yeah. I haven't played in forever, right? Howard's yeah, been off for like a while. Matter. I, I, I lean yeah. Norfolk. I do I lean too. Norfolk. I, Norfolk's just, they're, they're so well coached and there's, there's talent there. So, uh, all right. 
two or three more here. Kai from Ted Evans, Stanford at Washington. You are all over the Cardinal, the tree at Wazoo. Do you like him again? Yeah, I lean their way again. I am not buying Washington necessarily. And Stanford has shooting ability. They haven't shown it in every game, but they can shoot the three. Key against two three zone. Dejon Davis pulled Jim. Revenge against his old team. It's true. We've seen that those those guys play really well out in the Pac-12. A couple yeah, guys Trail in Brown. That's right. Yep. KJ Simpson was an Arizona commit. He had a nice game against Arizona. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all right. From Bernie Zelinski, Moorhead State, the third best team in the OVC, taking on Tennessee State. Kai, Tennessee State's been a whack-a-mole squad, so I'm staying hard away. Yep. I uh, can't really get on the right side of their games. Um, I think they suck. I, I lean towards Moorhead State, minus seven and a half, but they have the ability to just show up every now and then. Kenny Cooper back in the lineup for Tennessee State as well. Huge. Guard. Yep. yep. I was Huge. supposed to take the under, but with Cooper, the point guard back yep. for Tennessee State, can't do it. Matt, we closed with a question from another Matt, Matt Balte. Gardner Webb, man, they've been pretty excellent. Uh, what, what, what do you have on him here today? Who are they playing? I'm blanking. Longwood. Uh, Longwood. Ah, that's right. Over. Both teams want to get up and down. Fantastic. Longwood wants to run. I think there's a, uh, it's a guard v guard offensive explosion battle. So I like lots of points. No side take for me. Interesting. All right. Uh, that's it. Let's wrap it up with best bets. Matthew, lead us off. Looks like I'm against the market, but uh, hey, the market's been losing like gangbusters the last few days. So forget the market. Throw, don't care about them. I'm not scared. I'm going with UNC Greensboro against my Mercer Bears, a team I've been on all year long. They don't have a point guard. And if Alvarez makes a surprise to turn today, I don't think he's going to be able to handle the pressure that Greensboro can throw at him. And you're catching a field goal now. Uh, I believe a field goal and a hook actually mm-hmm. at our fine folks at Bet Rivers. Take it. Go Spartans, Kyle. I kind of like the under there. I think hey, Greensboro can ugly. control the tempo with no Alvarez. Uh, guys, I'm going back to a team. Uh, my best bets have been struggling lately. <laughs> I'll admit it. Uh, but I'm going hey, back fine. to a team I've been riding all season long. Eastern Michigan. You can get them at minus two at Bet Rivers, which is about the best price you can find them at. Uh, they're short fave against one of the worst teams in the country, Northern Illinois. Eastern Michigan's fully healthy. At least they should be. Everyone played against Central Michigan. Blew them out of the gym. Scored 99 points. This is just Northern Illinois' second home game of the year. Maybe you like that if you're an NIU backer. They beat Eastern Illinois by 10 at home. And NIU is certainly a weird team. They beat Washington and Kent State on the road. I'm not impressed with Kent State that much, especially without Santiago. I think this is a game where EMU turns them over a bunch, wins by over five points, gets me a cover, minus two. Oh, EMU, I'm with you. EMU. Uh, and then my best bet was Rice Marshall over down to 160 and a half, but I locked it in at 161 and a half, and I am a man of honor, so I will stick to that 161 and a half price. Uh, I just think we get a big time track meet out of those two schools. Yeah, agree. Agree, right. Jim. That's it, Matthew. Close us out. I'm just checking my schedule. Are we off tomorrow? Or are we on? We're, we're off tomorrow. On tomorrow. <sighs> Wait, we're on or on. sorry, we're, on we're or off. off? You guys off have... tomorrow. Oh, yes. Didn't realize we're off. Well, hey, folks, if you'd like to come back, join us tomorrow at 1015 Central. Um, but we also may not be here as we confirm our schedule behind the scenes. But hey, Kai, get ready. Get prepped as if says. we are off tomorrow. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you <laughs> hmm. Regardless, hey, if you join us for the first time this week, we'd love to have you again. Come back tomorrow or if not tomorrow, for sure, Monday. Um, typically, we start at noon Central during the week. Uh, oh, we're coming in. We are officially off tomorrow. The Sabbath, we will be honoring uh, taking a sacrifice, a sacrificial day off, of tweet an ode to the gambling gods. Uh, may I, may they bless us today. May they bless us throughout the rest of the week. Uh, like I said, come back and join us on Monday at noon central. 
Spinny Saturday is brought to you by Bet Rivers, as always, our fine sponsors. Field of 68, thank you for everything that you guys do to make this all possible. Good luck today.